As uh, Pastor Gary just said just a moment ago, we want to thank you guys for being here, especially if this is your first time, maybe your second or third, we're, uh, we're glad you're here with us. And if you have been coming for a while and this isn't your first time, this is your church, you guys know I'm not crazy, right? Amen? Amen. Thank you, brother. I'm not crazy, but let me share with you a crazy story. Uh, about a couple years out of college, I was working in Irvine, but I lived in Torrance, so it was about an hour commute. Uh, through traffic, and I'm, I'm driving to work, and I'm not feeling so good. As I'm driving to work, I'm like, my stomach feels a little bit strange, which was weird because I didn't eat anything that morning, but I get into work, and I try to just ignore it, and I, I'm, I'm working away, and then all of a sudden, I feel like some, something's about to come up right now, and so I, I, I think to myself, I got to get to the men's bathroom, so I get out of my desk, and I go straight for the men's bathroom, but I realize I'm not going to make it to the men's bathroom. Woman's bathroom is right here. I go into the woman's bathroom and blah, like all over the woman's bathroom. It was disgusting. And so like I had to just, you know, like literally get on the floor and clean it all up. I, I, I go back into the office, apologize to all the ladies in the place. I'm sorry, that was, that was me. Um, I go back to my desk, start working again, and not too long after that, all of a sudden, it's coming again. Like, oh, it's coming again. So I'm like, okay, get to the women's bathroom right now. And so I get up, and I'm beelining for the women's bathroom, but this time I don't even make it to the women's bathroom. Right when I get to the door, blah, like all over the carpet in our office, right in front of the women's bathroom, and right in front of the women's bathroom happens to be my boss's office, and his door's open, so he has a front row seat to the spectacle. The Greg Mon is technicolor burps, like right in front of him. And so he says to me, he says, I think you probably should go home. I said, amen, brother. I'm like, so I pack my stuff up and I get ready to go home. But the problem is my house is about an hour drive at that time of the day. So I know in my mind, I'm not going to make it home lest I lose it all over myself. And so I'm like, okay, I, I, I just got to rest up and feel strong enough to drive back. So luckily at the, at the time, Monica who wasn't even my girlfriend at the time. She just happened to live in Irvine as well, along with Sharon Lee. Some of you guys know her. She leads the TNT Missions Ministry here and some other girls from my previous church, they had a house in Irvine. So I call them up, I said, hey, I'm not feeling so well. Do you mind if I come over and just lay down on your couch so that I can strengthen up and then drive home? They said, sure, we're gonna be at class anyway. So, so I go and uh, they open up the place and I'm in their house, they're at class and unbeknownst to them, I'm yakking all over their house. Like I'm just throwing up like in every room. And so I, I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, it, it, got so, it was so painful. All right, like I, I've had food poisoning before. I've had stomach flu, but this was like next level pain. You know when you, when, when you um, get to a point when there's nothing left in your stomach and yet your, your body still wants to violently throw up everything that's in there, which is absolutely nothing. And you're just like, and you're just like dry heaving, right? You guys have had that, right? And it's so painful because it feels like everything in me is like being torn apart, being twisted and it's just excruciating. The whole time, it's just, and I'm praying to God this whole time, God, heal me. Heal me, God. Like, your, your word says that you heal people. Heal me. This is terrible. I can't handle this. Well, eventually, Monica gets back from class. And you know when you have a crush on someone and you're trying to, like, give them your best impression and you're trying to be everything you're not, right? 
Well, it wasn't happening that day. She comes home. She opens the door of the bathroom, finds me in fetal position, like on her bathroom floor. Like, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. I'm just trying to survive right now, right? And so she finds me in fetal position on her bathroom floor. Like, like, how attractive is that? And so the roommates all eventually come home, and they're trying to take care of me. They're feeding me pieces of bread, and I'm just yakking that right back up. I, I needed something in me, so Monica goes and gets me 7-Up, you know, because that's what Chinese moms do. They, they give you 7-Up when you're throwing up. So she, and and I, couldn't, I couldn't even hold my own can. I was so weak, I couldn't hold it. So she's feeding me 7-Up through a straw, and I'm like drinking the 7-Up. Well, this was bad, right? So, so I'm, I'm like on the floor. Monica tries to call my mom uh, to to see if she can get the number from my doctor. Sharon's there, and, and this other sister from our church, they're praying. They're just praying for me. And I, I get to this point where I'm praying to God, and I'm just getting real with God. I said, God, listen, I'm going to give you, I'm just going to give you two options. I said, <laughs> I make this easy for you, God. You just either heal me or kill me. Like, like literally, I literally, it sounded more like God either, or you could, like the whole time, but he knew my heart. That's what I was praying. And I, I, was, I was done. And I remember we we're, were in one of the bedrooms. Monica's on the phone, uh, two sisters praying for me. And I'm literally, no joke, I'm on all fours. And I'm trying to crawl to the bathroom because I couldn't even walk. Like my head is banging, so painful up here. My stomach is so weak. I couldn't even stand. So I'm crawling on all fours. I just wanted to stick my head in the toilet. That's all I wanted to do. And as I'm crawling, I distinctly remember right there in front of the sink, I get to the sink. I'm like, God, just kill me. Like, just, just end this. I can't handle this. And I get to the bathroom, and I have my head, like, in the toilet. And all of a sudden, I hear, get up. I'm like, okay, okay, now I'm hearing voices. Now I'm going crazy, right? It was so unmistakably clear. It was so clear, but I'm thinking, I'm just losing my mind because that can't be God. God doesn't speak like that. So I do what a lot of you guys would do. I ignore it. A few moments later, my head's in the toilet. I hear, get up. And I'm telling you, I, I could not deny that I heard the words get up. And so I, I, literally out loud respond and I go what I'm like talking to voices now you know I'm not crazy right you know I'm not crazy and and I I go what and right after that a third time I hear get up and at that point I'd be foolish not to respond respond and so I did the only appropriate thing I I stood up and I and I and I'm here and and I get up and it's like my head's not hurting anymore. My stomach actually feels okay. I'm like, I think I'm good. I think, so I walk out of the bath. I'm walking, right? I walk, I crawled in on all fours. I walk out, and the girls are in the room. I go, hey, guys, I'm good. They're like, what? Like, what's going on? Monica's like, this guy played me just now. And like, so like, she's still on the phone. I take the phone from Monica, and I, I'm, I talk to my mom. I say, Mom, I'm good. Don't worry about it. She's like, what? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay. Don't worry. I'll tell you later. Hang up the phone. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now, right? I, I feel totally fine. And just to make sure this isn't some psychological thing or some fluke, I look on the uh, dresser where the 7-Up was. Remember the 7-Up I couldn't even pick up? I wanted to see if I could go pick it up, right? So I go over 
pick that thing up and down that bad boy right in front of these girls. I just crushed the, I didn't crush the can, but, but I just, I just, I, I was like, what just happened? And I kid you not, in typical dramatic Greek fashion, if you guys know me, I literally fell to my knees right in the middle of the room. And I just start thanking God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. Thank you for healing me. And that moment right there was such a powerful moment. So powerful. Not, not just because, because I felt like I was instantly healed. Because I felt like, like I think I just heard the Lord speak to me. Like I, I, re- I, I, I really do. See, here's why it was really powerful to me. Because that night before that, that day, I was on my knees in my bedroom, right next to my bunk bed. I was graduated from college. I still had a bunk bed. And I was on my knees crying out to God because I was in a season of my life where I just felt like distant from God. And that night I was crying out to God, wondering if he had abandoned me, wondering if he even existed. I mean, I went to church my whole life. I was serving at church at the time, and yet I felt like, like he wasn't there. And I was like, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. Please reveal yourself to me. My faith is so small right now. And I was begging for it. And I remember as I was praying the night before, thinking, how in the world is God going to reveal himself to me? I'm like, whatever it is, it has to be undeniable. And I literally pictured in my mind that he probably would have to part the heavens. Like he'd probably have to show me his face because whatever it is, I need to know for sure. And I remember thinking, I don't know how the Lord's going to do this, but I want to see him. The next day, I believe, I, I believe he, he spoke to me. Now, with that being said, I, I realized something from that, that incident. I, I realized that God is so real, more real than we know, and he is all about revealing himself to us. He is all about showing himself to us. He is not a God who hides. He is a God who reveals, and he wants to speak to us. And yet I've also learned since that time, that's the only time it ever happened in my 38 years of life. Some of you guys wonder how old I am. I'm 38, and uh, never before that day and never since that day has anything like that happened. That is not normal. And yet I believe it was from the Lord, and what, what I've learned from that, though, is that as much as we'd love for him to speak to us in extraordinary ways, I want to show you today from the word that I I think God actually wants to speak to us in much more common ways than we realize, much more clear ways than we realize. And a lot of times, most of the times, it's it's not audible, but it's clear. How, how does he speak to us? Well, I want to uh, pray, and then let's open the word, and we're going to learn how the Spirit speaks. So would you guys join me? Let's ask him to bring us into this time. God, we, we believe with faith that you are real. And I realize that this morning some people's faith is strong, and some of us are uh, barely hanging on. And we need to, we, we need to see you, God. And so, God, Lord, I pray that you would speak in such a powerful way, Lord, that you would allow your scripture to just come alive. Lord, we know that it is living and active, and so we ask that it would be alive and it would be um, full of action today as you stir in our hearts and, and open the eyes of our hearts and open the ears of our hearts so that we can hear from you. Lord, we pray that we wouldn't just be hearing from a man on stage and hearing his opinions about the matter, but, Lord, that we would hear from the Holy Spirit of God. So Lord, we wanna surrender this time to you. We give you our hearts and our minds. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to I want to share with you a few ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. There's a lot of ways He might choose to speak, but let me share it with you at least a few. Number one, if you're following along in your notes, would you write this down? He speaks through our circumstances. He speaks through our circumstances. Now we ha- we have to be careful because I think a lot of times I think one of the most common ways people attribute the Lord speaking to us is through coincidences. Right, like when coincidences happen, our typical response is, is that must be the Lord speaking. The Lord must be in that. Right, like, like I'm praying about Monica, if she should be my wife or not, and Lord, is she the one who's, who I'm supposed to marry? And then I, I say amen, and then I look at my phone, and it says 11-11. Oh my gosh, that's her birthday. The Holy Spirit spoke. I'm supposed to marry her. There's this guy who teaches perspectives. If some of you guys have taken the perspectives class, he's a former missionary. His name is Bob, and he shares this story about when he first sensed the Lord calling him to missions, overseas missions, and he was like, I, I do not want to go. Lord, this is not the time. I'm not the one. I, I, don't, I don't think you got the right guy, and he's just wrestling with the Lord. And he says, yeah, I can't escape this sense that God wants me to go on missions, and yet I, I, I can't. There's many reasons why I can't. And he says one day he's driving in the car and he's just wrestling with God in prayer. Just wrestling over this feeling of, of having to go but not wanting to go. And, and he's praying. And he says he's in the car and as soon as he says amen, he says he looks up. He says, I saw a sign. I saw a sign. Like it was the sign of a fast food restaurant. And in big neon letters... It said, Bob's chicken to go. So he went. So he went on missions. The Lord is speaking to me. It's because I'm a chicken and I just got to go. And he literally became a missionary. And so sometimes we, we take coincidences and say, we, we look at it and say, thus saith the Lord. And I want to say, let's be careful. Let's be careful not to equate coincidences with the voice of God. God can use circumstances and line them up for his purposes. He could do that. And sometimes it's just coincidence. And so we need to be careful and test all things. And with that being said, I do believe as we look in the Bible that God will use circumstances and sometimes he will line it up and he will open doors to lead us by his spirit. Let me show you how. Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, Acts 16 says this. Verses 6 through 8. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. This is talking about Paul and his missionary group. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, where we learn later there's an open door to go to Troas. And so we see in Scripture that sometimes the Holy Spirit of God will forbid us to go into certain places and close doors in certain places, and in other places and opportunities, he'll open the door for us. And so open doors and closed doors are open opportunities and closed opportunities that oftentimes God will use through his Spirit to lead us. Now, what do you do, though? Because we also have to be careful because just because the door is open... An open opportunity is before you. It may or may not be the Lord's will. That door might be open, but how do you know the the Lord opened that door? So what do you do? 
You have an open door in your life, an open opportunity. And let's say it seems like it could be from God. And apparently it, it doesn't contradict God's word and it does, doesn't contradict his character. What should I do? Here's my suggestion. Walk through it. Walk through it. Not like blindly, like, okay, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to, no, walk by faith. The Bible says, Hebrews, to walk by faith. In Galatians, what does Paul say? He says, keep in step with the Spirit. When you walk, keep in step with the Spirit. Right? Proverbs 3, you guys know this verse. It's not in your notes, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, meaning everywhere you go, every step you take, acknowledge him. God, you're with me, right? I'm, I'm still with you, right? This is your will, right? Acknowledge him and everything. So when you walk through that door, don't, don't, don't think it's just up to you now, now that you've gone through. No, walk with him. God, am I in the right place still? If you see an open door, keep in step with the Spirit. You know, one thing I like to do when I... Um, um, try to spend time in prayer, I know myself, I'm super ADD, so what I found helpful for me, and maybe this is going to be helpful for you, is I'll email prayers to myself, and, and I do it because when I type it out, it keeps my mind from going off into 17,000 different directions and thinking about all these things that are seriously not important at, at the time, but writing it out keeps me on point and allows me to really pray about all the things I need to pray about. I'll set my timer, I'll let it go, and until it stops, I'm, I'm praying away. And then I'll email it to myself just so I have it as record. I could go back. I want to show you a prayer from June 7th. So this is a screenshot from my actual uh, prayer. If you look in the upper right-hand corner, this was June 7th. Um, I blacked out some stuff because that's just between me and God. But I wanted to highlight a, a portion. I want you to see what I was praying. The last thing I prayed that day, I said, Lord, be in our marriage. I ask that you would be that we would be partners for your gospel. Help us to work together to impact people. I don't want to have two different ministries. Please help us to get closer together. And I know it's kind of shorthand and it's kind of hard to understand really what I was getting at, but what my heart was saying, God, like, thank you that, you know, Monica and I can be in the same church where we can be involved and serve in ministries. And, you know, she supports me in a lot of great ways so that I can minister to the church. But but give us something together that we can do. So that it's not just my ministry that she's supporting, but that we minister in together. And uh, I was praying this. And so that night, June 7th, uh, we had date night. And we, we hadn't had it for a while. So we uh, went out on date night. This was right after the weekend Dr. Josh Straub was here. Remember he was here and he was talking about relationships. So we had date night that night. We had dinner and then we, we get in the car and we're driving and I share with her what I was praying about that morning. I said, hey, you know, it'd be cool for us to serve together in some way. I said, you know, I do a lot of premarital counseling because of all the weddings that come through here and I meet with couples. And I said, it'd be cool if with each couple we can at least do at least a meal with them and, and do it together. And we could just share with them, not because we're a perfect couple, because, but because we struggle. Like we go through stuff and we could just be real with them and share with them our experience. And so I'm sharing this idea with her, and as we're, as we're driving, uh, and I'm talking to her about this, I get a phone call. And I look down, and it says it's from Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia's right here, right? Ryan's calling me, and I look at it, and I, I hang up on him, 
right? Well, not immediately. I let it ring a few times so he doesn't know I'm doing it on purpose. You, don't judge me. You guys do it too. You guys do it too. But I let it ring a few times so he thinks maybe I missed the call. And then I hang up on him because honestly, it was date night and Dr. Josh Straub just said we need to unplug, get off the screen and, and, and be with each other, right? So that, that was why I did it. And so I, I let it ring out and I hang up. And I guess I was paying too much attention to the phone. I must have been swerving because this guy next to me starts honking at me. Just honking. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he keeps honking. I'm like, what's wrong with these crazy drivers? I look over and it's Ryan Garcia. <laughs> he just saw me hang up on him. How embarrassing, right? And so I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. Now he thinks I'm ignoring him. So I text him immediately. And by immediately, obviously when I was pulled over in a safe place, right? Because pastors don't text and drive. No, but I text him. I say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on date night right now. I'm sorry I didn't pick up your call. He said, no worries, no worries. He said, but I wanted to ask you, you and Monica something, and I know it might be a very long shot. I wanted to show you the actual text, but, but he said, I, I wanted to ask. So I was interested. What do you want to ask us? And so I text him back, and he says, well, you know, Dr. Josh Straub talked about couples counseling, and I was wondering if you and Monica would be willing to meet with me and Kaylee. And uh, just, you know, speak into our lives. And I was like, um, we were just talking about that as you were honking at me like a madman. And I had just been praying about that earlier that day. I look at that as like, what a coincidence. The Holy Spirit is speaking. He's giving us these circumstances. It must be from the Lord. Right? I don't, I don't know. This Wednesday, we'll be meeting for the first time. And we'll, we'll get together and we'll just kind of see how the Lord leads from there. It may or may not be from the Lord. The circumstances are lining up. It doesn't contradict God's character or his word. So let's try it. And let's see where we go from here. See, here, here's what's cool about doors. Let me show you this illustration. Here's, here's what, what's cool about open and closed doors. Let's say there's a closed door in your life. And it, it's closed. The Lord closed it. You know what you shouldn't do? If you see a closed door... Ah, don't walk into it. That's painful. Why would you do that? If there's something in your life where God says, this is obviously against my word and against my character, don't walk through it. That could be painful. But here's what's cool about open doors. If there's an open door in your life, and it seems like maybe this is from the Lord, I'm not sure. It's not contradicting his word or his character. Walk by faith. In step with the Spirit. And as you're in here, you know what's cool about open doors? A lot of times if it's open, you can walk right back out. Right? Because sometimes, like, you might think it's from the Lord and it seems from the Lord. I don't know. But you know what? Walk by faith. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Lord, you're still with me, right? Is this still in your will? And maybe three months down the road, maybe a year down the road, you're going to realize, I don't know if this is where I should be. That's okay. Walk right back out. And see where else the Spirit might lead you. The Bible says when, when Paul and his missionary team, doors were closed. The Holy Spirit closed the doors to, to Asia. Don't go there. And he closed the doors to Bithynia where they wanted to preach the gospel. Don't go there. And it says the door opened in Troas. So they go to Troas. They walk through that door. Look, look what Paul concluded when he was in Troas. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. He goes, Now when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ... Even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. 
So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. The Lord closed the door in Asia, closed the door in Bithynia, opened the door in Troas. I go to Troas, and soon after I got there, I realized I'm not at, my, my soul's not at rest. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk out the door of Troas. I'm going to go on to Macedonia where we know that the Spirit walked with him and led him there. And the Lord produced fruit through the ministry in Macedonia. There was freedom to walk in faith. And the Lord still walked with him where he went. Sometimes we think there's an open door. I just, I got, I got to make a decision and it's do or die and I'm going to go and I better get this right. And yet we know that sometimes the Lord will redirect our past. He'll straighten out our past, just acknowledge him. So circumstances will provide open and closed doors, but it takes walking by faith in step with the spirit to always be in the Lord's will. So that, that's the first way that the Holy Spirit might speak through circumstances. But he also might speak through the church. Would you guys write that down for number two? Sometimes he'll speak through the church. Like the Holy Spirit might choose to speak to you through other people who are indwelt by the Spirit. If we are one in the Spirit, he might speak through another person to speak to you. Maybe this has happened to you. Maybe you've been in life group, right? And somebody is prompted by the Lord to say something that you just, I mean, it just strikes you to the core just resonates so powerfully in your spirit and it's like that's what I needed to hear maybe God's going to use your accountability partner to really bring up this hard conversation that nobody else wants to bring up with you but because this person loves you enough not to just flatter you with nice things but he's actually going to come and talk to you about that hard conversation that was exactly what the Lord wanted to say to you maybe you're sitting in a sermon and it feels like the, this one particular Sunday morning, it's like the room goes dark and like there's a spotlight from heaven on you as if the Holy Spirit were speaking directly to you. Uh, last week, I, I preached on, does the Lord heal? And we talked about healing. And I didn't know where people were at, but after the message, I had a couple people come up to me. You know that video you showed, that, that Benny Hinn video? That, that was, I was wondering about that. And that answered so many questions for me. The Lord spoke to me through that. Somebody else came up to me. That story you shared about Vern and his colon cancer, that was so encouraging for me. That spoke to me. His attitude was an example for me. That speaks. A couple other people said, man, when, when you shared about JT's passing, that answered so many questions, situations I went through that week, last week. People are like, I had questions on why sometimes God doesn't heal. I felt the Lord just speak to me. And I find through the years I've been in ministry, a lot of times God delights in speaking to us through other people who are indwelt by the Spirit. He loves speaking through the church. In Exodus chapter 18, if you have your Bibles, Exodus 18, it just talks about how God was doing all these miraculous things, awesome things through Moses and the Israelites, right? He saved them out of Pharaoh's hand and delivered them from, from Egypt. And it says there's this guy, his name is Jethro. That's <clears throat> Moses' father-in-law. And Jethro comes to visit uh, Moses, and he's praising God for all the things he's doing through Moses and the Israelites. And then as he's with Moses, he says that, Moses is sitting there on a seat, and he's, he's judging, right? Like, because people come, like, day and night, it says morning till evening. <clears throat> people are lined up 
bringing their cases and concerns to Moses because Moses knows the commands of the Lord. He knows the decrees. So they're pretty much bringing their cases for Moses to settle. He's there to settle their disputes. He's pretty much doing counseling for everybody from morning till evening. And Jethro sees this and he's like, man, that's not good. Like you're gonna die. You're gonna wear yourself out. So Jethro, his father-in-law speaks up. Exodus 18 verse 17 starts like this. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. And so what Jethro does from that point, he devises this plan and he says, here's what you should do. Raise up some godly men from among you who who know the word of God and the decrees of God and set this guy over like a thousand people, set this guy over hundreds, set this guy over 50, set this guy over 10 people and let them handle some of these cases. And the ones that are too hard for them, then let it come to you. And he says, in this way, you spread the load, you lessen the burden and you will keep yourself from wearing out, from burnout. And so... So Jethro, his father-in-law, speaks to him. And here's what I love about this story. We know that God can speak directly to Moses, don't we? Like, I mean, he's done it before. He spoke to him directly through a burning bush. He spoke to him when, when, when they crossed the Red Sea. He spoke to him right on Mount Sinai, directly from heaven. God spoke to Moses, and yet there were times in Moses' life, like Exodus 18, where he chose to use somebody else in the community. He chose to speak even through his in-law. Yeah, God can speak to you through your in-laws. He's that powerful, right? And so he uses Jethro to, to speak this wisdom into his life. And he listened, and the Lord blessed that. The Lord saved him from burnout. I've realized that God has created the community of Christ on purpose. Like it's so purposeful. The reason why he put you and, you and I together in community, it's because he's doing something so powerful and so beautiful within the church. And I realized a lot of times in my life, God could have worked directly in my heart, just between me and him. But he used people. Like when my heart was shattered, Sophomore year in college, my heart was shattered over my first major breakup. My, my heart was like in a million pieces, and I prayed to God, Lord, to heal my heart. And I assumed that God could have just zapped my heart and just made it one again. He could have just healed me. Boom, you're good. No, but instead, he brought my small group leader, Nick. And, and Nick had just gone through a really hard breakup with a long-term girlfriend himself. And he used Nick to come around me, put his arm around me, and speak words from his own experience that just gave me so much empowerment and comfort. I've learned to really love and appreciate Nick because of that shared experience. I assumed that when I was 23 years old, fresh out of college, and, and there's this opportunity for me to preach the gospel, the first time I've never preached the gospel before, but it was gonna be at the Long Beach Rescue Mission in front of a room full of homeless men. I assumed that God could have swallowed me with a big fish when I wanted to run, when I didn't want to do it, I, I, I'm assuming he could have done something directly in my life, but he used my dad to come around me and offer this prayer. And in that moment, that prayer changed the trajectory of my life when he spoke words of empowerment and encouragement and strength in the spirit to go and preach the gospel for the first time. God loves to use people 
in the family of Christ in the church. Now, here's the challenge, though. We need to test everything, right? Because godly people will come into your life and say things, and yet, just like we can't equate coincidences with the voice of God, neither should we equate godly people with God. Why? Because God is God, and they are not. As godly as they seem, they're not. So we have, we have to test all things to see if it truly is from the Lord. And one, one good test, besides just walking by faith, another good test is, do other godly people confirm it? Would other godly people in the church who also have the same spirit in them, is there unity in what is being said? Look for affirmation. As many of you guys know, I wasn't always in full-time ministry, right? For, for many years out of college, I worked different jobs, various jobs. And there came a point in my life by 2006 where I started getting really restless. And I started thinking, man, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I was serving at my church. My church was a small little Chinese church, and there, there was no staff no paid staff, no pastors, and so everything was volunteer. So I worked full time, and then at night I would do all my ministry, prepare for the messages and, and Bible studies at night. And I was naturally being spread thin, like my attention was divided, and I got this restless feeling that maybe I should be in full time ministry and devote all my time to, to teaching God's word. But then I started thinking, well, what if my thoughts of being full time is just me being full of myself? How do I know I'm really fit for this? And then I got this email. 2010, I get, got this email from the sister of my church. Some of you guys are from my previous church, so you might know her. But here's a screenshot from the email she sent me. 2010, August 30th. And uh, it was after a message I gave. I, I highlighted what I want you to see. What I'm about to say is totally my personal opinion. So don't take it as God speaking to you or anything like that. Ha ha. And then she goes on to say, I really think God can use you in much bigger ways. I'm sure you're pretty faithful in following God's calling and stuff. So I guess just as an encouragement, if you ever feel like it's time to wean, meaning leave this church, you shouldn't let anything hold you back other than concern for your family. That's all. And I was like, whoa, that spoke so much to me. But I didn't read this and go, thus saith the Lord, the Lord just spoke to me. No, even she said, don't take this as God speaking to you. This is just my thoughts and opinion. I said, okay. So like I held on to this. I held it close to my heart. Like, I literally held on to it. I saved it, and I put it in a folder in, in my inbox. And so I wanted to see, would the Lord affirm this? And then, not too long after that, I remember very clearly, we were getting onto the 405 freeway on the on-ramp right here on Crenshaw. We were getting on. We were going to the Long Beach Rescue Mission, and this guy from our church, his name is Mike. Um, we're driving up, and in that moment, he said to me, he said, Greg, you know, if you don't go into full-time ministry... You're wasting your life. He's like, that's just my thoughts. Like, honestly, I, I really think that you need to be doing this full time. And I held on to that. I was like, wow. That's kind of like what Kelly said. And then, and then another guy in our church, his name was Mike as well. And it's not just any friend of mine. He, he was the best man in my wedding. And he, and he said to me, I mean, he, I mean, this was like one of my best friends, right? So like, he's just brutal. This guy went savage on me. He goes, Greg, honestly, like you're average, He's like, you're like, you're pretty like okay at what you do. You're not like outstanding or excellent. You're like average. And he says, the, the job you're doing right now, like you can do it. Like you'll get by, but you're not outstanding. You're okay. He says, but man, when you, when you do ministry, he says, man, when you teach us the word of God, like obviously there is something outstanding that God is doing. He said, don't be a fool. 
go into full-time ministry. And so like here, here are these people that I trust, godly people in my church who are speaking these words of affirmation. And I, I, I take Proverbs 11, here's what Proverbs 11:14 says. It says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. In an abundance of advisors, there is safety. The Lord was speaking to me through me, to me through the church, and I, I believe he spoke through the abundance of counselors, advisors. And I felt it was safe from that point to now start pursuing full-time ministry. It took a few years, and I had to wait for the circumstances to open up. And by 2012, uh, Pastor, Pastor Gary came into my life, and the opportunity came. And I saw the Lord move through that. So the Lord, he can speak. He speaks through circumstances. He can speak through the church. Let me give you one more for today. He speaks through Christ. He speaks through Christ. Would you guys write that down? And I, I, I could go on on a list of five, six, seven, eight other ways the Lord speaks, but, but I want to leave you with this. He speaks through Christ, right? Because a lot of us, man, how, how great would it be if God spoke directly to you, like from heaven? Like life would be so easy, amen? It's like, yeah, like, like how he used to speak to the guys in the Old Testament. Like Noah, build an ark. All right, I'm building an ark. Or to Moses, hey, I want you to cross through the Red Sea. Like, if God spoke directly to us, we think, man, life would be so easy because there's no question about what we should do. I mean, like, walking through a huge sea, that's not something you do. That's not something people do. Like, some of you guys would be like, God, I don't even swim. How am I going to do that? And yet, if God says, walk through the Red Sea, and he spoke to you directly, you'd be like, all right, guys, gird up your loins. We're walking through the sea. Like, we're doing this. God just told us, no confusion about us. He's going to take care of us. If God would just speak to us like he did to the guys in the Old Testament, to the prophets and to the fathers. And yet here's what Hebrews says to us. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 starts off. It says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. What Hebrews is saying is, you want to be like those guys in the Old Testament? He's like, in these last days which we, church, we are living in, right, ever since the time of Christ, we, we are living in the last days. He says he has spoken to us through his Son. The Old Testament got these guys, God would speak to these individuals, to these prophets who would then disseminate the information to the people. Like it would go through the prophets, but now he says, God speaks to you directly. God speaks to you directly through God, his son. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the exact representation. He he is the, the visible representation of our invisible God. How does Jesus speak to us though? How does he speak to us if he's not here? Well, the Holy Spirit of God has inspired men like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the, the writers of the Gospels, to take the words of Jesus himself, God himself, God the Son, and he gave it to us. I mean, Jesus said many things, a lot of things that aren't recorded in here, but the Spirit inspired these men to take the things that Jesus said. He reminded them of these things, that God wanted to speak from heaven for generations to come for all the generations leading into eternity. So what Jesus says from the Gospels 
is what God says from heaven. He is the exact representation of the invisible God. So what he says to us from the Gospels is what God is saying to us from heaven. And so we have everything we need to know straight from the mouth of God, the Son himself. Remember back in the 1990s when uh, people used to rock these bracelets, these four letters, what were they? WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the, the movement was like whenever you go through life, whatever situation you face, look down, what would Jesus do? And ask yourself, what would he do? And then walk in his steps, imitate him. I want to say today for us here in 2018 and, and every day from here on, in any given situation, you can hear from the voice of God himself. If you would just stop in any given situation and ask, WHJS, what has Jesus said? What does Jesus say about this? And you look in the scriptures and you realize Jesus has spoken on issues upon issues, matters upon matters that we don't even realize. He spoke on things from money to, to murder. He spoke from things from lust to love. He spoke on things from divorce to demon possession, from forgiveness to friendship, from swearing to sharing. Everything in life he spoke on. There are a ton of things he has, he has given to us. He's given us a clear picture of God's heart and God's will, and he's speaking, he has spoken God's voice, and it's been recorded for us. And if we, church, would just become students of the master, like if we would be true followers of Christ, not, not in name only, but in practice. We would follow what he teaches and we would really give attention, especially to the, the words that came directly from the mouth of Christ himself. You can be 100%, 100% sure that you're hearing from heaven, that you're hearing directly from God. So if you're in a situation today, maybe as soon as you get into the parking lot, there's a situation, what has Jesus said? What has he said? And then obey him. And I know that might be hard because maybe you don't know all the things Jesus has said. And maybe you don't have it all memorized. So how am I going to know what Jesus said about this? Let me show you a trick. This is a, this is a life hack, okay? Here's a cool trick. This is what you do. You're not sure. You're in a situation. I've learned to do this. Check this out. Just open your Bible. It's not hard. Like, just, like what, what did he say? Or, or this, in, in this day and age, it's easier than ever. It's like this. You're in a situation. Whew. All right, what did Jesus say? Like with the technology we have, the word of God has never been so accessible. Anywhere you go, you can find out what Jesus says. Look it up. What does he say about lust? What does he say about giving? What does he say about work? And find a, find a scripture that comes straight from the mouth of God. There was a, a, a guy, he came to my office because he was going through this, this big life decision. I mean, it was, it was killing him, keeping him up at night. And he comes to my office. He said, I, I really need to talk to you about this. I don't know what to do. He says, like, this is major because it doesn't just affect me. It affects my whole family and not just my whole family. It affects my career. It affects my living. He says, I don't know where to move my family. He says, here in L.A., I have the best paying job I've ever had. And yet our living situation is so small. It's so expensive here in L.A. He says, I live with my in-laws. It's crowded in the house. He says, but back in the state where we came from, we have a huge house. But I don't get paid as much. 
It's not nearly what I make now, but it's huge and it's comfortable. What do I do? Because what I decide affects not just me, my family, and my career. What do I do? And he's just like, I, I'm literally on the fence. And as we're in my office, I decided to speak. And as I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke. How? Well, simply because I opened the word and I turned them to the inspired word of Christ, in, of, of God in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, and I showed them what Jesus said. Like it wasn't anything mysterious. It wasn't anything mystical that happened. It's not like I opened my mouth and I got all deep in my voice like God was. No, I just said, hey, let me show you what Jesus says. I turned them to Matthew chapter 6. Don't take it from me. Take his word for it. I want to show you what I showed him, Matthew 6. I said, listen, here's what Jesus says. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I said, that's what Jesus says. He says, seek first his kingdom and live righteously. Make that your priority. So I asked him, so, so where is that going to be? Where can you take your family where you will be the best kingdom citizens you can be? I mean, consider the community, the church family, the opportunities to, to share the gospel, the temptations. Where can you be the best family that's going to seek after his kingdom and his righteousness? If it's here in L.A., move here. If it's over there, then move there. If it's either of those places, there's open doors in both places, just walk through one and see how the Spirit leads. And if in a year you realize that's not the place, then go to the other place. There's freedom to walk by faith. And I know moving is a big deal, but if this is a matter of your life and your family and your career and the will of God, it's okay to move. And so choose. And some of us, I know the temptation is like, that's too simple. That's too simple. This is a life decision. What if we move to a place, we choose the wrong place, and then I don't make enough money and my family starves and we die? It's like, really? Do you trust Jesus? He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and if that's your priority, all these things will be added to you. You'll be taken care of, Jesus says. Like, do you trust him? Because if you don't, at that point, it's a faith issue. Because if you can't trust the words of God as it's been written, who says you're going to trust the word of God if it's spoken from heaven? Like, that's a faith issue. Jesus, the Son of God, exact representation of the invisible God has spoken. Do you trust him? So church, may we be a church that isn't so caught up in trying to hear a voice. May we be a church that really seeks to find a verse. And, and what, what, what has the word of God said? to us what has he said now here's the bottom line when it comes to hearing the spirit speak like i said he could speak in whatever way he wants but however you believe the god the, the spirit of god is speaking to you all things must be held up against his his written word the god breathed inspired word of god does what you think you're hearing abide or does it collide does it abide with what has been spoken or does it collide? Because co God will never contradict himself. He will never go against his own character or his own word. The words of Jesus and the words of God-inspired scripture is more sure and more certain than anything you can hear outside of the Bible. So does it match up? 
First Corinthians chapter 14, the last verse for today, verse 37, Paul says this as he's writing scripture. He says, if anyone thinks that he is a prophet or a spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. He says, whoever comes up to you, I don't care if he's a prophet, I don't care if he's spiritual, I don't care if it's Pastor Greg, I don't care if it's Pastor Gary, I don't care if he's a missionary, if it does not recognize the word of God and submit to the word of God, you don't recognize it. You don't recognize it. It, it is not the Lord speaking. Even, he says in Galatians, even if an angel appears to you and speaks a different gospel, it is not from the Lord. So test everything through the lens of scripture, through the filter of scripture. The Lord can speak however he wants. He could speak through coincidences or circumstances. He can speak through the church or the unchurched. He can speak through a bush. He can speak through a donkey. He can speak while your head is in the toilet. He could speak however he wants. And yet, however you think you're hearing from these things in the world, how does it match up with the things that have been spoken from the word? And so if you think you hear a voice, look for a verse. Does it abide or does it collide? John Piper says this. John Piper said, outside the Bible, we can have fallible, uncertain impressions and messages. But inside the Bible, we have rock-solid, dependable messages. You cannot go wrong with what he has spoken. Church, may we become utterly dependent on hearing from his word and filter everything that speaks to us in this world through what has been spoken to us in his word. And as we go through each day, we may, may we just be people who seek to not only hear voices, but we seek to, to see verses. Right? And may we see that the Holy Spirit speaks to us every day, all the time, directly from heaven. Amen? Amen. Would you guys bow with me? And so, Lord, we, we thank you, God, that you are real. You're a God who didn't just set the world into motion and just, you just sit back and watch it go. No, you are intimately involved with your creation. You want to, to not just be in our lives. You want to walk each step of the way with us. And so, God, we thank you so much that you have called us, and that you have allowed us to have this relationship with you, Lord. And we, we want to hear you more and see you more. We want to see how close and how near to us you really are. And so, Lord, help our ears to always be open, physically and most of all spiritually, the ears of our hearts. May we be student, diligent students of your word so that we can become more familiar with your voice so that as soon as we hear anything speak to us, we know immediately if it's you or if it's not. Lord, lead us. You are the good shepherd. We are your sheep. We will follow you all the days of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.